Hey, Warwick. Hey, Nick. I'm always so apprehensive at this point of our episode recording. You should be apprehensive because my jokes are subpar at best, but that's what a good mum joke <gasps> is like, is it not? I can't believe you just publicly said that. I feel like I've been let off the hook a little bit with our listeners who have been <laughs> sending me hate mail about not thinking Nick's jokes are funny. Not authentically laughing the way they <laughs> yeah, Not laughing authentically enough. Well, I've run but out of money. I can't keep paying those people to hate on you. <laughs> and I never know what your joke's going to be. So let's go, Coxie. This this should be an interesting surprise today. Okay. I don't think I've ever told you. My Our listeners know a lot about my dad, but I don't think I've ever told you that he has a DeLorean. Right. Didn't know that. No. He only drives it from time to time. Welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Boom, tish. Come on. <laughs> I thought you'd be very proud of me for two laughing, in a row finding a topical joke. Partly at the joke and partly at the attempt <laughs> to make it relevant to our guests. Uh, <laughs> well, it's kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let, just let me try and recover myself. <laughs> Aaron Wilton Jones, welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast, mate. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure, mate. Uh, well, I think it. I think it is. Yeah. Now, uh, not surprisingly, you are somewhat in the auto industry, based on Coxie's um, excellent "Back to the Future" joke. There, uh, mate. Can you tell our listeners a bit about who you are and perhaps your business, and then we'll dig into your background and uh, share some stories. We'll uncover the dirt. That's oh yes, we're going to scratch below the surface. (laughs) Exciting. (laughs) Tell us all about you. Yeah, cool. So I run a mobile car detailing business, and uh, I'm based in Wollongong, New South Wales, just south of Sydney, and uh, essentially clean cars uh, for a living. You really talked to that cars. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just recently, I have cleaned a car with dog poo, oh. diarrhea, accidents all through it. Oh, yeah. man, I hope you charged a premium for that job. That's Yeah, I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> but still not enough. The yeah. smell I can still taste. Yeah. <laughs> Half our listeners just started going... Ugh. Oh, yeah. with soft stomachs. Stop now. Remember that I don't do well with that noise. Yep. And how did you come to be in car detailing? And, and there's, a, you know, for our listeners, hang in there. There's a lot more to this story. It's very interesting, actually. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, what you do? Uh, so, do you want me to go how far back? Like, far as you're comfortable. Start with your mum, yeah, if cool. you want to, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, my mum was pregnant with me and was cleaning cars. <laughs> right. It's literally in the blood. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, my parents started a car washing business in Australia back in the day. And uh, I grew up around it for about seven years or so. They ran this mm. business and they franchised out around Australia. And then uh, we moved back to New Zealand where the rest of our family are based. So I grew up for the rest of my life in New Zealand 
And about 18 years old, my dad helped me start a car washing business at a little town center where we were basically under a contract with the car, with the town center. So I'd turn up to work nine to five, seven days a week, washing cars. It wasn't really car detailing. It was more or less just pumping through as much volume as possible. Um, and at 18 years old, I got worn out pretty quickly. Mm. And I mean, it was a good business. And at 18 years old, I was making some decent cash. Mm. But I, for two years, I did that. And I was just sick of it. I didn't want to go and clean another car <laughs> ever again. I don't like um, washing my own car, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. So we actually sold that business. Uh, and I was about 20 years old and made some decent cash and traveled around the world a little bit, learned a bit about um, some different cultures, ended up going back and forth to Indonesia quite a lot because I love surfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started a completely new uh, career in skydiving. So I went wow. for my first skydive at 21 years old and I was absolutely hooked. And wow. I was like, how do I do this for a living? These guys yeah. are having the best fun ever. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I did a course in Auckland, New Zealand, and I stayed there for about uh, one year and I just got my jumps up and, and yeah, just fell in love with it. Uh, and then I moved to Australia because there is far more money over here, especially in the skydiving industry. I moved to Wollongong actually at about, in about 2017, I moved here and got a full-time job as a skydiving instructor so strapping people to me jumping out of planes every day and yeah it was heaps of fun but it just was more of a lifestyle sort of job and the money wasn't exactly consistent especially because it's dependent on weather and obviously we need customers in the door Uh, and then COVID-19 hit and the tourism industry just collapsed along with many other industries a lot of people lost their jobs including Mm. me and yeah I was like well this isn't really sustainable I need to uh, do something that is a little bit more secure or uh, control my finances a little bit better so I realized I knew how to wash cars and I started a car washing business in the past so I started a mobile car detailing business. It was about 2020, I think. The pandemic was still happening. Lockdowns were still happening, but we were classified as essential workers. Well, cleaners were classified as essential workers. So I found a little loophole to get out and about and start a detailing cars. Um, it didn't really cost much to set up. I already had a van. Equipment's cheap. I'm using the client's power, the client's water. So <laughs> the chemicals, you buy them in bulk. They don't really cost much at all. And I ended up probably setting everything up, including a website for less than a thousand dollars. Um to get the business started, it, it wasn't like all all of a sudden I had clients in the door. Like starting any business is a bit of a that time to get to start generating those consistent clients. So it took a while, it took uh about three months before I was getting maybe like two clients a day uh, a week. Mm-hmm. two or three clients a week um so in those initial few months i was just going around businesses door knocking um handing out my business cards just trying to trying to just make it happen you know make it work and it is a bit of a struggle at the start especially like because i wasn't very techy i didn't really know 
how to market the business online? Like, should I be paying for ads here? Like what should I be using Google or Facebook? So it took a while, endless nights where I was just researching what strategies are working. And that's when I kind of found SEO and like learned all about optimizing my website, setting up different profiles. And then I started generating some more clients that way because I, I, uh, yeah, I set up Google business profiles, which is like super essential for a small local business, right? It's like mm. one of the most essential profiles to have set up online. And um, yeah, it just kind of uh, took off after that. Uh, I ended up hiring an employee and we, we were smashing out cars during the summer. Uh, we, we probably got the business to about 10 grand at, per month at, at the, at the six month mark was averaging maybe six to $12,000, uh, per month at, at around the six to six to seven month mark. So, and it was consistent Mm -hmm. after that, which uh, I thought was pretty, pretty reasonable, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Look like now, so there's a bit of time in between 2020 and now, what does it look like for you now? Yeah, so what happened in about 2021, it was around February, February, yeah, I got a phone call from my dad and he told me he's sick in and he needs to go to the doctors and get some tests done. And it was about this two week period where I knew my dad was sick, but we didn't really know what was going on. He wasn't getting better. He wasn't responding to antibiotics. And about two weeks later, we, I got another phone call and he told me that he's been diagnosed with leukemia mm-hmm. and needs to get some treatment ASAP mm-hmm. because it was uh, severe. So he ended up uh, being diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, mm-hmm. uh, which if you don't know, is a, a blood cl- cancer inside of the bone. And it spreads rapidly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a that was a big wake up call. The yeah. business was booming at that point, and I pretty much just had to drop all of the tools and fly back to New Zealand where he was to to basically be with him and the family. Mm. And that's a pretty uh, surreal kind of situation to live through. Yeah. Uh, to go back and just put everything on hold, your life completely stops, you know? And, and yeah, so the next three months in New Zealand were amazing because I was like the quality of time that I spent with my family and my dad was just like, you know, like, I like I'd never really had that connection before. Mm-hmm. Because I guess the I don't I don't know like this bonding over some sort of adversity mm-hmm. just intensifies I guess yeah. so yeah we lived through those three months and he got sicker and he didn't really respond to any of the medication and he ended up passing away unfortunately oh, yeah. um and oh, yeah it was devastating it's pretty hard so that was about that was about uh, April 2022. So that's been over a year now, but yeah, that was, that was a big wake up call. Something that I really had to, to deal with mentally, um, along with the rest of the family. Uh, so yeah, pretty tough situation to, to go through anyone that 
has gone through a, a, lo- a loss like that, it mm-hmm. will understand, but it, it, you can't really explain what it feels like, you know, if you don't experience that. That's right. um, but it yeah. impacts, impacts everybody in their own unique way as well, Aaron. Uh, 100%. And it's funny you say that because I've grown up a lot and I've kind of taken control like even more so because I don't have that safety net anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized that, oh, well, like no one's going to do this for me anymore. Mm-hmm. But he was always there for me when I needed help with the business. He he was the one that came up with the business name, the business logo. He was always quite entrepreneurial. So he helped me out a lot. And then I realized, well, you know, who's going to do this for me now? Like no one, like I need, he was always my mentor, my advisor. So that made me grow up a lot, you mm-hmm. know? I realized, okay, this is, I'm on this planet on my own in a way now. I need to step up and become the man kind of thing. Mm. Certainly makes you question your future and what you're doing with business, right? Like um, where do I go to from here? How do I take those next steps? What does that look like? That's a confusing time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what happened from there? And did you, did you stay at home in New Zealand for some time before you then came back to work? Uh, not really. Uh, we, we kind of packed up, sorted out all of uh, the logistics of everything. And I moved back quite soon. Like we'd set up a life over here. Um, my fiance Shelby and I, we have a house and obviously the business. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get back as hard as it was to build the business up and, you know, really start doing it in his name almost uh, kind of thing, which, so I do feel like I have a purpose and I do feel like um, there's, there's, there's a good reason for the work that I do. Uh, and yeah, I, I do enjoy what I do as well, but yeah, like obviously I came back, I didn't have that, that employee anymore. Um, and I was kind of starting, not starting again, like everything was in place. I turned everything on uh, and picked up business quite quickly. But during this time, I realized that I need to start posting videos online. Uh, and like, obviously everyone's aware, short form videos are the trend, right? Everyone yep. loves short form videos. Our attention spans are just being depleted. <laughs> but True. so, yeah, I uh, I listen to a lot of Gary V and he's oh, all yeah. about uh, <laughs> posting every single day. So I set, uh, I set a bit of a goal for myself to post a video every day for the next year. Mm-hmm. And wow. I ended up doing that and people seem to love the videos that I posted. They started out by just being sort of ASMR transformational videos and it, it started to take off. And the main reason I started posting these videos was just to get a few more clients in the door and create some brand awareness, but it's kind of turned into something even bigger than that now, which has been, which has been quite cool, but it's also generated lots more uh, clients for me as well. So short form video is especially like TikTok uh, has been really good because uh, people are using it as a search engine now, you know? So when I want to search up a restaurant close by or in a new city, right, I'll probably 
look at TikTok and be like, who else has been to this restaurant and give me a 90 second review on this restaurant. And it's just so convenient. So I guess that's why people are really enjoying some of my videos. I post educational videos around car detailing and also just like voiceover transformational day in the life videos. And yeah, people seem to seem to like it and like what I do and like my content. So now I've turned into more of a content creator slash car detailer business owner. <laughs> it's pretty incredible what social media has allowed uh, us business owners to do in our own ways. I, as I all out myself, we were talking about it off air. I've been following your videos for some time now. I love having a clean car and watching you do the transformational stuff. is actually really interesting for a couple of reasons for me. Everybody likes a before and after. I think they always work particularly well for, for any kind of business. But I like to see how you take it from before to after. And I think traditionally we feel like as business owners, we can be tempted to feel like that's quite boring for others because we are seeing and doing it every day. But in fact, the opposite is very true. It provides that transparency that our clients need for them to understand the know, like, and trust. Um, it helps them understand how we get from A to B, build value in the service that you are providing because they understand the body of work involved with what you need to do to get from before to after. Um, all of that's super important. And yet for me, I just really like watching <laughs> you see okay. how you clean the car because I think, oh, I could try that next time I clean my own because I'm one of those people that mostly clean my own car. I have it detailed once or twice a year, but mostly I do it myself because I actually really like it. It's a fun job for me. Yeah. But um, others in my household do not. They hate cleaning their cars and so they have theirs detailed more frequently, usually every quarter or so. And it's just amazing the difference that it makes not only to the car and what the car looks like, but the way you feel when you get into the vehicle. So I think all of that is really important to show in that transformation like you do in the short form video. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I like how you said the transparency. Mm. People just love it. Like even when I talk about how much I charge for a vehicle, people just seem to love to love knowing that information. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, transparency just works, eh? Yeah, it does. It's a great way to educate them before they're at that point of buying. So they know what they're getting in for instead of, you know, this is almost part of your sales process is this educational content that you're providing online. Yeah. It's very easy for someone to purchase because they know exactly, you know, I've got a filthy ute. I'm a trainee. I haven't done anything about cleaning it for 12 months. It looks like crap, but I'd really like to have it detailed so I can feel better about what I'm doing every day. I can know then I can understand through your video content not only what it's likely to cost, but what it's going to look like after. So I can feel valid in spending that money in the first place. Yeah. 100%. Difference. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that, and you've already built that trust with the client. Like they don't, they're not going to ask what the price is or what, you know, um, what you're doing is included in, or involved in the service. Like you've built that trust so you can charge them a premium amount, deliver an incredible result, and then they're going to tell all their friends about it. Mm. Hey, Tradies in Business, was here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure. I'm joined by Coxie, of course. <laughs> Hello. You may not know this, Tradie or Tradie Wife or whoever you are listening to this program, but we're business coaches. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I that feels weird know. to say. <laughs> <laughs> but we do actually work with people just like you to solve a bunch of problems. And we have this fantastic program called the Tradiepreneur Program 
And that's how we do it. And we do it with a wonderful community of trade business owners who are all trying to fix or improve or change things to progress. Things like getting behind on quoting, Coxie. Feeling overwhelmed, behind on your invoicing, feeling really stressed or frustrated about the money stuff. Sometimes you can pay the bills, sometimes you can't. What about staff? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, staff. Trying to get them to do what you want them to do, if you can even find them in the first place. Uh, there's so many struggles. And we've seen clients tackle these things in their trade businesses in a quite a short space of time, to be honest, mm-hmm. during the program and recruit staff at a time where everybody was saying you can't get good staff, mm-hmm. improve their quality from their team, collect their debts much more quickly. We How have about sessions. Tips? Yes. Getting tips. Yes. So uh, people rounding up, customers rounding up the invoice by hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. because they're so happy with the sales process and the experience of dealing with the trade business owner and their team. So some amazing stories from our clients. But, you know, as they say in the the commercials, don't take it from us. Uh, (laughs) Hear what some of our clients have to say. Coming into Christmas, we are not worried about money. We've got enough money in the bank to pay everybody's leave. There's work booked in for the new year. And for the first time in a long time, we'll be having three weeks off and not worrying about the business. That's probably the biggest win of all. Using the cash flow forecast, I've been able to look into the future and see where I'm going to be situated financially. And it's actually started to have a huge bearing on whether or not I make purchases. By far, one of the best things about working with Nick and Woz are the other businesses that are working alongside them. It is amazing how empowering it is to be working alongside like-minded people who have similar goals, similar troubles. We can all relate to each other and everybody helps everybody out by figuring out problems with you that they may have faced previously. Everybody has solutions and constructive feedback. And it's an incredibly friendly, warm, welcoming environment, not threatening at all. From every job, I know that I will get a sustainable wage that's industry leading. I can have at least 10 to 20% profit and I can pay taxes, super, all of that. And I do not have to question whether or not I can because of the way that it's been built. And that is thanks to traders in business and what they've taught me and what I've learned. So there you go. There's some real people. We did not pay them to say those things. <laughs> and I think that sounds a lot better than Coxie and I reading them out. We really would love for you to check out more about how you could take your trade business to where you would like it to be. Surely you have a vision of what things could be like or what you wish they were like on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that is reducing stress or actually making more money. Maybe it's spending more time with the family, taking more holidays, having the choice Mm. that you really wanted when you started your business instead of this beast that seems to be there for many of you listening to this program. So if you want to find out more about how we do this through the Tradiepreneur program, Coxie's going to tell you all about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually not. I'm going to be really secretive and uh, keep all of our magic up our sleeves. What I would like you to do, though, is head on over to tradiesandbusiness.com.au. You can learn all about us, why we do what we do, and how you can work with us, what that actually looks like. There's a whole bunch of free stuff there for you to download, uh, lots of options. We've always got new stuff going up onto the website and a great place for you to learn a whole bunch more about how you can work with us. You can even book a 15-minute chat. For free. For free. 
that's how abundant we are. So head over to the website, uh, check it out, book a chat with us, and we'd love to find out if you'd be a great fit for the Tradiepreneur community and start hanging out with some of those people that you just heard from. Aaron, I, I suspect that some of our listeners have tuned out uh, because we're talking about video and getting themselves on video or what they do on video. And it seems to be a big stumbling block for a lot of people. And I, and I think, you know, platforms like Instagram and TikTok have probably made it worse because they look at influencers. They probably look at guys like you and go, I could never do that. You know, these, these people are getting thousands of views. Um, you know, I could never make a video that does that. I've never done video. I don't know about equipment. I'm not comfortable in front of the camera, all the usual BS stories that people tell themselves. Uh, what what advice or perhaps insights have you got for tradies who are thinking mm. this is way beyond what I could do? Like this is not going to work for me. Yeah, yeah. So that's so true. And I was in exactly the same boat. I was so reluctant to even just talk behind the camera and not even show my face and just do a voiceover, um, videoing what I'm what I'm doing, what I'm cleaning. So I, it took me a while to to start doing that. I initially just would film the process and include sounds, the natural sounds of the cleaning and put those together in like one to two second clips. And it was easy because no one knew who I was. No one heard my voice. It was literally just the process of me cleaning. And I feel mm. like people, people like that. If you're a plumber, all you need to do is, is film yourself uh, fitting in a tap or, you know, like repairing like a, a some piping underneath the sink and and just post that online and one to two second clips or really sped up and that's all it's, it's, it's really simple just it's basically just pov of what your eyes can see mm. and mm. and uh someone's gonna find value in that someone's gonna gonna see that repair job and be like oh so that's how they do it okay mm. you know there's a lot of yeah. So, I mean, and then, and then when I started building up a bit of an audience, I realized, okay, now I could make this a little bit more personal and uh, start talking about it because I'd, I'd already gained some, some confidence by building up a small audience through just deliver, like creating and posting these, these ASMR or just like transformational videos without me on the camera. Mm -hmm. Now, just just a quick point for some of our listeners who maybe aren't quite so up to date. You know, maybe they're my vintage, uh, or they're not totally across all of the acronyms. Mm -hmm. Can you just explain ASMR for for our audience, mate? Yeah, yeah. So I always get this wrong, but I think it's automated uh, motor sensory. Uh, I don't even know. Like, to, it's something. <laughs> so ASMR is the the sounds. And the feeling that that uh, that it creates when you're when you're doing something. So you know when you open a wrapper, mm -hmm. you like open a wrapper and you hear that like crunching sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are the sounds that that people seem to respond to in a in a like gives them the tingles kind of thing or it's mm -hmm. satisfying. So when you might have seen like cooking videos and <laughs> there's no music, it's just the raw sounds of people chopping up the meat and uh, like boiling the potatoes 
you know, those sounds are what's called ASMR. And there's something that is triggered inside of our brains that finds it really satisfying. And for some reason, yeah, everyone loves it. Okay, there's one brush that you use that I really, really like. It's like the little shaving type brush, you know, the old style. It's got a handle and you use it on when you're cleaning like the emblems on the steering wheel. I love that brush. That yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. something that I particularly uh, look for on my social media and it's not what attracted me to your videos in the first place. It was very much that transformation, but that bro- that one brush, I do like it. Yeah, so the brushes are that they're they're really they take a good hit. Um, yeah. so it's like the scrubbing, I suppose, the scrubbing yeah. noise, and then the foaming. Yeah. So yeah. The, it creates a bit of like sudsy foam and scrubbing, and yeah. <laughs> Aaron, do you have to have any kind of sorry, Maury, any kind of fancy equipment to do what you're doing with your videos, or are you mm. just using your iPhone or? Nah, yeah, just just on my smartphone. Yeah. Um, no fancy equipment at all. I've tried using my DSLR camera, and it's just annoying. I've always just I've I've. Tr- GoPro just doesn't film as well. So I just always revert back to my, to my smartphone. It's just, uh, it's just like the, a couple years old, old Samsung galaxy. Yeah. Um, that films in 1080. So this is why there I like you it. You're using a Samsung, not a shitty yep. iPhone. No, whatever. That's because iPhone's <laughs> cameras, cameras too good. People will realize that it's professionally produced. War. So, uh, <laughs> But it does dispel the myth that you've got to have gear and you've got to know how to use um, video equipment. Everyone's got a, a production house in their pocket these days, whether you're a, you know an iPhone user or a, a weirdo Android or Samsung user. Steady um, on. You, <laughs> everyone's got the gear in their pocket. Yeah. Um, and everyone's got a laptop or a computer that is capable of, of processing all this stuff these days. You know, video yeah. years ago you needed massive computing power and chip speed and hard drives to store the files. And it's just not like that anymore, is it? Yeah, no, not at all. There's an app called CapCut. Uh, It's a free app and it's basically powerful editing software on your phone, super easy to use Mm. and like anyone can use it. So highly, highly recommend CapCut and Shot is another one. These are all just on your phone. You don't even need a laptop to to edit your videos. Yeah. Um, something that's really worked for me whenever editing videos, um, it's like the kind of a formula that I go by and it's just like one to two second clips or the, the whole video is sped up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That whole time. And that holds, yeah. that holds uh, engagement. Yeah. 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 Yep. So Aaron, how has this changed your business? How has getting into the, the video and the content production changed your business? So I just consistently have clients uh, organically. I don't pay for ads at all. Um, so that really helps. Uh, there's just no, you know, not many expenses going out. Uh, also, I have grown a bit of a following and I also sell affiliate links now. So I sell product. People are interested in my products. Like uh, you said before, Coxie, yeah. I want to know what products you get. So you can actually click into my link in my bio and I have a little PDF uh, download where you can have a look at all the products that I use and also the links to buy them through Amazon. And then I make a small commission from that. So there's like some money coming out, uh, coming in there online now. And yeah, so I also have uh, built an online course now as well, where I teach other people 
how to start car detailing businesses. It was a big question that I would always get. Like, how do I start? How do I get into this industry? I figured, well, it was actually quite easy for me to start this type of business. Um, so I realized, well, how about I teach other people how to start this type of business as well? So now I do have, yeah, a course there where I can help others and mm. and get them to this point. Very clever. Aaron, I want to I want to just back up through your history and your bio just for a second because I did actually um, read your story, uh, which yeah. I'm, I'm going to sound like a bit of a dick here, but I don't usually read our guests' bios. And <laughs> uh, Nick and I have a bit of a, a philosophy, I guess, and I broke the rule without sharing it with Coxie, but um, we like our interviews to be natural and not kind of stilted and deliberately asking questions that are seeded because of someone's backstory. But yeah. I was drawn to read yours. I don't know why. Um, and I'm glad I did because you actually, you spent a very short period of time in a, in a different trade when you were younger. I mean, you're young now, mate, but uh, when you were even younger and you had a, a crazy accident. And I just, yeah. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about here with video and you being on video. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Tell our listeners a bit about the accident and, and what that's meant for, for you sure. for the rest of your life. For sure. Yep, yep. Good point. So when I was 17 years old, I started a trade as an aluminium joiner and uh, it ended pretty quickly on day two with a, a chisel stuck in my eye. So I was taking out a window, uh, the rubber seal around a window, and I was using a chisel trying to jar the seal out and slipped and poked the chisel straight into my left eye. And I ended up getting rushed to hospital. I ended up getting 21 stitches on my eyeball. Um, and three months later, I ended up getting my eye removed because it was, it was a possibility of causing infection to my right eye, to my good eye. Um, mm. I had the option to keep it. Uh, but the likelihood of infection was too high, so we decided to remove it. Um, but at the, before that, it was quite cool. I had one blue eye and one brown eye, so it was quite trippy for a no few way. months there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so got that removed, and now I've got a fake eye. Uh, please don't ask me to remove it. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We're not. Coxie has a, has a very strong gag reflex. So if I make the <laughs> sound, I can set it off, mate. So I think popping your uh, prosthetic eye out is not going to go well here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of those AM ASMR sounds. That's a huge thing to go through as a 17 year old when you know 17 year olds are generally quite um I can't think of a better way to say it, but self-absorbed. You know, our appearance is extremely mm. important to oh, us. Yeah, We're worried yeah. about being judged. There's a lot of fear there in in our appearance and changing. What was that like for you? I can imagine it must have been really challenging and quite scary to think that maybe you would change. Yeah, for sure. It was quite a, a change. Uh, for about six months there, I didn't really do too much. I was kind of adapting to the mm. sight in one eye um, mm. and didn't really go out at all. I was kind of like a bit anxious. I did have a good bunch of friends at the time, which I think helped. Mm. But yeah, it was something I had to really like go deep inside and try and figure out like, what, like this is my life now. Like how am I going to be a normal person like i'm gonna have like one saggy eye for the rest of my life you know 
so it was it was kind of hard to deal with but I, I think you know it only took a about a year or so I think my personality is the type of personality to accept what is in front of me as as it is and move on from that as a challenge in a way yeah uh so yeah it, it, it was it was a a setback in in a way uh but I think probably a blessing in disguise because I'm not an aluminium joiner right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you went on from that to do the skydiving thing you know if we go back through the story that you shared yeah 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 skydiving so, instructor like you're on videos I, it's insane it hasn't really stopped me uh if anything no. I've just gone harder uh surfing around the world I've I've base jumped around the world oh um gosh. over in Europe jumped off massive cliffs uh skydiving around the world so yeah my life has been filled with uh interesting adventures and, and uh having one eye just definitely didn't stop me and thing and the things that depth perception is mm. relatively key to a lot of those activities and you lose a large portion of that um when you lose the sight in one eye yeah yeah for sure it's quite amazing how the body does just adapt uh yeah. so i think I think I've just adapted quite well. Um, the depth perception at nighttime, walking upstairs, I'll trip every now and then. But uh, other than that, when perfect lighting, my depth perception is exactly the same. It's anything beyond like a meter is the same anyway, because our eyes, they go to a point yeah, right like yeah. that anyway. So it's anything in front of a meter uh, I could have struggles with but the brain calculates it so well anyway. I, I can I know that the microphone is there, you know, because yeah. the brain is just calculating that. So I don't know that it's it's amazing how the body just adapts, but yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and I, I, I'm glad I brought that up because uh, I think it's an amazing story, mate. And, and I wanted to make the point for our listeners uh, who are worried about their appearance and stuff on video. It's like, oh, I don't want to get on the video, you know, I don't, I don't look a certain way or whatever might be going on for us, our own personal fears. And, yeah. uh, you know, it probably seems a little bit, um, I don't know, gratuitous or trite that I share this, but, you know, you're a guy who's worked through that and, you know, you've got a prosthetic eye and you're doing this and it hasn't made a lick of difference. If anything, it's probably, you know, yeah inspired you to do it even more yeah yeah like we're all gonna have those like limiting beliefs and i still get them all the time i like get a bit worried or oh, maybe he's looking at me funny because my eyes cross-eyed right now or yeah, yeah you know so i still get these thoughts but you just have to be confident have your shoulders back and just get on with life you know because there's it's not going to change like at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what other people think I think this is uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you, Aaron, was about whether you had been trolled or you had been, you know, the negative comments and stuff. Because the more you put yourself out on social media, the more likely it is to happen at least once. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. always oh. feel the need to point out the obvious as it as it. <laughs> all the time, yeah, all the time it happens. They get negative comments all the time. Uh, in a way, I just feel sorry for them uh, yes. because they've got something going on in their life that they're not happy with. Um, I've actually. One guy, he was personally messaging me uh, and he was quite annoyed at me for just like unrelated things that were just untrue. I ended up just messaging him back being like really uh, empathetic and mm. he ended up telling me how he's going through a really hard time right now and he's suicidal and all this and 
ended up forming a bit of a relationship with him based on that. So you just never really know what these other people are going through. Don't people can be cruel online, but more, mm. more, more or less, they've got some issues going on in their life That's that right. are just not on the surface. Yep. That's right. It's usually a front to, you know, to take attention away from how they're really feeling about themselves or what's really going on. And they use that attacking uh, yeah. stance online to, to really, I guess, as a distraction or a smokescreen, I think in a lot of cases. Yeah. And I, and I suspect sure. Coxie, you're, uh, you might be referring to your gap in your front teeth. Eh? Oh, By any chance? <laughs> The one I see in the mirror every morning, people feel the need to. It's not like you don't know about it. It's like, Aaron, it's not like you don't know you've got a prosthetic. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. For the record, I don't have a clue, Aaron. I wouldn't, you cannot tell at all. It's Uh, it's a good job. Yeah, it's definitely a good job. Uh, I've lost a few of them though. One skydiving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've taken it out as a party trick before um, (laughs) when I've had a few too many beers, you know. Um, yeah, I, um, a, I must have a warped sense of humor because I'm seeing like a whole series with your car detailing. It's like you can you can get your eye into those places where you can never reach, you know, where you can't get yeah, 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 yeah. Or I have an eye for detail. Oh yes, mate. <laughs> okay, that's, that's gold, one. Coxie. You you you're out of a job. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Aaron's doing our um, <laughs> intro jokes from now on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's incredible, especially for a young fella, Aaron. You you are younger than we are, but I I see kids. There's a lot of anxiety out there in the world, and to me, you're a kid. So I'm going to refer to you as a kid, even though I'm sure you're not. <laughs> but I I what I feel is a lot of that anxiety for our younger tradespeople, our younger business owners, or those even just sort of stepping into that field. A lot of that fear holds them back. And here you are today. Not only have you pushed through some pretty serious stuff in your short life you actively go to find the fear um which i think is probably part of that mindset that ability to be able to step through some of those big things that you have been through um as a mum i'm listening to you thinking oh my god that must be terrifying uh however i think it's important to be actively seeking to push yourself outside of your comfort zone so that you can overcome the fear that stops you from creating those short videos or talking through what you're doing in a job if you're a plumber or a sparky or any of the trades because it does provide just to bring us right back that opportunity to assert yourself as the authority in your space which is a real key for people to want to utilize your services without cost questioning that cost of what your services might be so it makes you almost impossible to compare to other people in the market because you've said about that tone of authority already so I think it's a great point to talk to how you're able to actively um, push through that fear is there anything though Aaron in doing what you're doing with social media that does trip you up from time to time and and you really actively have to push through some of those barriers to provide or create what you are creating yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I don't I feel like I'm not a very good communicator. I say um and ah quite a lot, especially <laughs> when I'm just like trying to think of stuff on the spot. Yeah. So I want to start creating YouTube videos and I look at like some of the other competitors in the space and I'm like, well, I just can't talk like they can talk. I can't explain things like they can. And that kind of puts me down and I'm like, how how do I get around this? So I'm going to attend a workshop. Uh, and at the end of the month to increase my communicating skills, I'm going to put myself out there like I did reaching out to you guys to get on podcasts to just try and become a better communicator in front of the camera. 
Um, and that's just how it is. You know, like you have to put in the work to overcome those fears or those limiting beliefs. At the end of the day, you can get over it. And yeah, that's, that's, that's how I kind of have my thoughts about it anyway. I love that. It's, it's such a, an unrecognized skill that a lot of our listeners have as trade business owners is many of them have been in their trade for years and like you with car detailing, you've learned things along the way. You've put in the the hours, you've done the jobs and you've learned all that stuff. And to, to get good at business, if we talk about tradies in business, to get good at business, there's a certain skill set that you can develop, whether that's presenting on camera for Nick and I, it's recording podcasts. You know, we're, we're coming up to almost 600 episodes. We've recorded a lot of content over 10 years and you develop a skill set. I also get very good at creating the same bad habits over that time as well. <laughs> but our tradies have learned how to do new things. You know, the industries are changing all the time. There's different practices in plumbing. There's different tools that get used in glazing and, you know, pool building, all that sort of stuff. So you listening to this, you have skills that you've built and you can apply that same learning capacity to something like creating videos or public speaking or reading a cash flow forecast. And so I love that point that you make, Aaron, that it's you, you're gonna go and sign up and do a course mm. on how to communicate yeah. better. I should probably do the same yeah. course with you. But uh because <laughs> I say arm and R and but I hear myself do that stuff. Uh so there you go, I just did it again. <clears throat> Listeners are gonna be annoyed now. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to really, really drive home that point that you listening to this gang can learn how to do this stuff. It is not some mystical talent that you're either born with or you're not, or you're just magically bestowed with it. It's a lot of crap. You can actually learn it. 100%. And just investing in yourself, I feel has been like one of the biggest things for me, um, having mentors and signing up for this course, you know, I've been reading and just like learning that mm. that's just been a big help for the success of my business. Mm. Love it. Aaron, I have a question I have been asking our guests mostly for the last 10 years. And that is if you had a thousand tradies in a room, what is one piece of advice you would love to leave them with, mate? One piece of advice for a thousand tradies. I'd probably have to say it's start posting more videos on tiktok <laughs> I love it. nice I'd be disappointed if you said anything else aaron <laughs> don't don't play with chisels yeah yeah that, that's a good point well wear safety glasses at least yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, have, we'll have to get them as a guest on one of our podcasts <laughs> mate um it's been great chatting with you i'm glad you pitched this you've done super well i'm gonna i'm gonna out you with something else as well aaron this is your first podcast interview is that right this is my first podcast interview and uh my fiance would tell you how nervous i was before jumping on <laughs> i was beating out my chest so I, I you guys made you. me feel comfortable and i've really enjoyed it I'm nice man i think you've aced it aaron and i uh, love your story mate i love what you're doing uh keen to to see how you progress with your tiktok videos and uh, maybe there's a new business in there you know eye for detail car detailing or something. <laughs> national franchise coming up mate absolutely <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me, guys. And I uh, yeah, look forward to uh, talking again soon. Thanks, Aaron. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.